hadn't formed it out quite that <laughs> All right. precisely. Right. Abort, abort. All right, here, I've got, a, I've got a good starting point for us before we get into this. Welcome to the Protagonist Podcast. I'm Joseph Drowski here with Todd Mack, and each week we look at a great character in a great story. Well, I should say most weeks, because this week we're not. This week we are doing a year-end review. We have actually been podcasting for one year, and somehow, despite alt, you know, different continents, different time <laughs> zones, uh, myriad technical difficulties, including tonight, uh, we have managed to get an episode out every single week. Almost always on Monday night. A couple times on Tuesday morning. <laughs> uh, and so we're going to look back at some of the discussion we've had and some of the feedback that we've gotten in the last year and talk a little bit about um, how we do this particular podcast. So producer Andrew is going to be helping us a lot with this. And uh, so I think maybe we turn it over to you, Andrew, and, and you can talk to us about how you want to walk us through this episode. So to start this discussion, Todd, I was wondering if... Uh, you know, we may have done this very early on in like our first listener feedback uh-huh. episode, but we've changed and evolved enough over the year that maybe it's worth doing it again. And hopefully we've picked up some new listeners that may not have gone back and listened to it. But uh, what do each of us do to make the protagonist podcast happen? Let's walk through a little bit of that. Okay. Well, we both uh, read or we consume the uh, media <laughs> in some way. Right. And uh, if you're a new listener, you may not have caught on to this pattern, but we do try to, in each month, address a TV show, a novel, or a comic book, I guess is the order we usually do. TV show, comic book, film, and then a novel. Though, this month of December, we've been all out of whack (laughs) because of the Christmas specials we've talked about. Uh, And then occasionally we throw in a random listener feedback or a special episode involving draft. But that's kind of the general pattern we try to follow. Yeah, but it's really, uh, this is one of the most rewarding things that I do. I mean, besides being, you know, a husband and a father and stuff. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) I really enjoy this. And one of the reasons is that I have, uh, I have consumed way more, even way more stuff this year than I would have otherwise. And, you know, generally on, on any year, I'm, I'm reading a lot and viewing a lot, but uh, but like like twelve so novels yeah. consistently. I, I guess we should put up both Todd and I currently work for universities where we address literature. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a lot that gets consumed in that. Uh, even more specifically for me, a lot of my research uh, on you know my own time for my own academic publishing is geared around popular culture in comic books and or television are the two main areas of my focus. So a lot of uh, the topics that we cover are right in my wheelhouse for my work, but certainly I've been introduced <laughs> to texts and, uh, things that Todd has suggested. Cause you know, we take turns and, or a listener suggests things and there are things that I just would not have come across or would not have consumed in my normal selection for pleasure reading. If such a thing still exists as an adult, <laughs> uh, or as, uh, for, for my work. Um, so Absolutely. I, I've been delighted with some of the uh, new texts that I've come yeah, across. And, and I teach uh, Spanish literature. And so um, we did... Uh, Much less in your wheelhouse. Yeah, we did House on Manga Street, <laughs> which is actually not really inside of my wheelhouse inside of Spanish literature anyway. Um, so most of what we've done has been you know stuff that I'm not teaching in class. Uh, although recently, this fall, I taught a, uh, a Humanities 1010 class here, and I'm going to do it again uh, next semester. 
like, interestingly enough, uh, we read Wuthering Heights, and then we did The Air Affair, and then I decided <laughs> to teach Jane Eyre in uh, Humanities, and I really, oh. I really liked it. So, <laughs> like, uh, the cross, cross between I've, worlds. I've done some double dipping. Yeah. I've taught, I taught Mouse right around the time we were discussing Mouse. Nice. And I've got a class coming up soon that's just on Mouse. So, so uh, to get back to your question, uh, we read all the stuff, and then we talk about it. Uh, we each record our own end uh, so that we can have uh, better quality audio. So I send my raw audio, you send yours, to Andrew, and Andrew uh, puts it all together and works his magic. <laughs> and yeah, I so, think, um, it, uh, I just want to say, Andrew, that you have done a, an amazing job this year. <laughs> Like we've given you yes. some pretty rough material sometimes, <laughs> and somehow when I listen to it uh, back, I think, man, he has done a really good job. So well done! Wow, we were really cohesive <laughs> this week. <laughs> the uh, the ultimate secret is even I don't know the total amount that has been cut <laughs> in the course of it. I think the most significant cut was fifteen minutes wholesale from Rudy. Yeah. Because you recorded about an hour forty-five. <laughs> yeah, going For a while into there, we I were think... saving these bits in the hopes of releasing like a potpourri episode of like here's some bits from Quiet Man, here's some bits from Mouse Guard. But I don't and, think. And, and then my happen. hard drive. These are yeah, got clogged. And I thought you were going to say that you cut fifteen minutes wholesale of us like laughing, falling off of our chairs <laughs> during, during the, the Christmas, Christmas special, <laughs> the, the Christmas special. Yeah. But as far as like the the nuts and bolts of how things work, each week before we record, I will usually build a script, and I usually look up the trivia. And and by usually uh, he means we, always. <laughs> but we alternate who writes the long synopsis. Uh-huh. Sometimes week to week. Sometimes one of us just says to the other one, "It's not happening." <laughs> Can you get this this yes. week? <laughs> um, and then uh, during the recording, we'll use that kind of outline and script to follow it, but. Uh, 100% of the time we end up somewhere that is not <laughs> laid out in that script. By I, script, we mean like three bullet points. Yes, yeah, so, so the, trivia gets, the, the trivia gets written out and our now our long synopsis gets written out. If you go back and listen to our early episodes, we have evolved. <laughs> we have improved. In, uh, don't fact, judge us by those first episodes in which sometimes we were a little rough and rambling. So now we actually write out the long synopsis. I, I, actually, uh, I actually have something. Oh, you guys. Producer Andrew wants us to hear something. That's what happens when I listen to it double speed. And each week we look at a great character and a great story. Our mission is to discuss every notable character ever created. (laughs) We may be here a while. We will scour novels, television, film, and comic books for fascinating characters, intriguing protagonists, and infuriating antagonists. Join us as we discuss the great moments that define a character and the unique traits that captivate audiences. Is that our first intro? Today we're talking about President Jim Bartlett that, that's from episode one. season two finale of the TV series The West Wing titled uh, Two Cathedrals. Bartlett is played by Martin Sheen in the present and in flashbacks by Jason Widener. Uh, the episode was written by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Thomas Schlammy. Wow. It's all right. Schlammy. Schlammy. In some, ways, in some ways we've changed and others we haven't. Uh, I, think, I think the editing tends to come out a, a little tighter uh, these days, yeah. but... But yeah, some elements of that are are classics, uh, and and the episodes have tended to take, you know, you'll get a, a few different forms. Basic form is you guys open, you talk about what it is, the trivia, who created it, all those things, uh, how you came to it, a short synopsis. We take our ad break, and then we go into the long synopsis. 
And then some classic moments that you get throughout <laughs> the episodes is uh, you'll get Dr. Todd Mack's Philosopher Corner. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll jump in and I have a theory. <laughs> yes. I love your theories. Yeah, often, our producer Andrew is the one introducing headcanon. <laughs> what usually happens is uh, Andrew introduces a theory and then I don't agree with it. But then later I go, you know what? I think you're really on a son. Yeah. So, so I want a t-shirt that says, I have a theory. <laughs> Well, they, I'm sure there are Buffy ones because there is for the Buffy musical episode there was a song that started with "I have a theory." That was like oh. the first line of a song. And uh, I haven't been able to figure out exactly what Joseph's catch. Yeah, I don't know what it Well, no, I I think if I was going to say something that I do more so than Todd is I nitpick things, uh, the nits. <laughs> yeah, yeah I say like, you know, there's this thing that kind of bugs me, but I still like it. Um, another thing that you'll get with Todd is it's happened a few times. Joseph will ask a question. And Todd's response begins with a non sequitur. <laughs> but, but he does bring it in. I, I can't remember. Some, Joseph has something about, you know, like, uh, characterization. Something about a character, and Todd will say, let me tell you about. And then he mentions yeah. the philosopher. It's like, or, or it's like, there was this guy on my street, and he carved faces out of wood. <laughs> I'm like, and I, and I sit back and I listen. I'm like, I don't know how that ties wait in. For wait for it. it. But, it, but it. it's coming, because Todd always it. ties it back yeah. in. I think uh, Todd will make more references to theorists, uh, like academic theorists, and I will make more references to yes. other popular culture. Is yeah. Something I'd say. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, I, well, again, going back to the Nuts and Bolts. So I usually do all, some of the pre-work, uh, building that script, and again, looking up the trivia. And then we record, and our producer, Andrew, does the hard work of editing uh, the nonsense <laughs> that we provided him and trying to make it into a coherent message to be... Uh, consumed by you, our listeners, and then Todd does a lot of the the, the final work of uh, posting it yeah. onto the website. So getting Andrew, it uploaded Andrew will send it to um, me, so and then I will listen to it one more time, uh, build the show notes, and then post it. Occasionally, that second pass has has you know tweaked a few things. Where you'll send a message. Basically, to Andrew to what happens part. is I've said something totally stupid, and I say. Uh, is there any chance? <laughs> and because I don't hear the edit, my stupid remarks no, you're, remain. No, yours all get to stay in, but mine get on a pass. So there's some of the nuts and bolts of uh, how we do what we do. And at this point, we've been doing it for a year. And Todd, what would you say are some of the biggest changes in how we were doing things at the start versus how we do them now? I think really after the first few episodes we've been remarkably consistent there was a there was a big turning point right before quiet man when you said i think we should do like a full synopsis of the whole show and then or or, or the whole whatever the whole work right, and, and then the, we uh, can dive into it the novel the and TV. i remember thinking because before that we were kind of blending our synopsis yeah and, and i remember commentary. thinking that was mm-hmm. a horrible idea but i thought you're my friend and so i'll go along with it uh, and it turned out to be a really good idea so <laughs> I will say, uh, let's talk about differences. When I write a synopsis, I think I tend to leave out more plot points than yeah, you Yeah, I think my, pl- my plot summaries are always longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just following the tradition because so mine none... was the first full plot summary, and it was Quiet Man. <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes. None are as epic as your Quiet Man summary. That will, uh, listeners, if you missed our Quiet Man episode, just go listen to it for Todd's summary. That, that summary was, was, epic. was a stunning <laughs> breakdown of the film. So when I do it, I don't know how you do it, but um, when I do it, I uh, I take pretty like note, I, uh, pretty uh, detailed notes all the way through, and then I just turn those notes into a summary, and so that's why I, I, it takes longer. My sh- shorter summaries, I think, are ones where I've watched the whole thing or read a whole book, and then I go back and say, okay, now what really happened here? So 
yeah, that's. I think that's more how I do it. Is I I watch it and then I think like, what are the key key moments that are going to be the backbone of this? And sometimes there's whole scenes that I kind of leave out because I don't. If think anybody doesn't like my uh, summaries, uh, then for, you can let me know. But oh, I think it's fine for us to have different flavors. I will say I do enjoy when it falls upon me to summarize a sitcom episode <laughs> versus a, a complex novel. A novel. <laughs> <laughs> or a strange graphic novel that um, might include time travel and yeah, alternate, alternate dimensions have come up in several of our synopses. The uh, Blink synopsis yeah. is, a, is another good one. I think that was probably my best synopsis because that was hard for me to. I mean, much as the writer of the episode said, like he had to like untie a particular knot to be able to tell the story he wanted to tell and try to summarize it. Like I had to think through all of those, yeah. you know, the threads. But that of that was, that's been one of the biggest changes is just in in that structure. Yeah. And I'd say one other mistake we made early on <laughs> is uh, the first comic book we discussed. We covered oh, yeah. 25 cool. issues. That was way too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was a, a lot of comic book. Four story arcs. Four story arcs. Uh, one writer, one artist, but it was over three years uh, and 25 issues. And we said, yeah, I've, let's I've do had that feedback from Where, uh, some listeners saying that we, as the year went on, we got better at handling just the structure of comics in general as we worked through them. Yeah, I'll yeah. oh, 100% agree with that. I, I, you know what? I think in everything we do as a podcast, podcasters, we're going to be getting better. So a year from now, Andrew could play the way we sound now, and I hope we say, ooh, <laughs> man, we, we were a little rough then. Uh, but I think that is just general in life. Like, I hope 10 years from now I look at who I am now and I think I was a moron because I've advanced <laughs> and progressed in my thinking on, you know, every issue. Uh, and it's not just, you know, the raw skills that are improving, but also the, the way that we approach it is going to yeah. change and evolve. Go for now, it. Todd, I have a question. From day one, were you lighting a candle, or <laughs> did that develop partway uh, through? I don't really remember um, when I started lighting candles, but it's part of my consistent uh, podcasting ritual now. Actually, I actually have two candles burning tonight. Todd, now podcasts yes. by candlelight. Uh, the only times that I don't uh, uh, that I don't actually turn off the lights are when we're doing a novel and I need to re- reference a novel. Uh, I, I learned, I think we were doing Harry Potter, and I tried to reference the book, but uh, my lights were off, and I couldn't see by the candlelight, and so that was that was an edit. And then before Joseph and I started, right now we record every week um, in the same place, but for a while all mm-hmm. three of us were in different locations, and I tended to do just a lamplight. Um, and so I was I was mostly in the dark. I think Joseph's always had an overhead light. Um, uh, yeah, and, well, I don't know. I've been in a storeroom before. So yeah, I was going to say, with the storeroom, maybe, maybe not so much. <laughs> that was one of the few times we were in the same place, but, but couldn't manage to Technical issues, young. we couldn't all be around the same microphone. Um, yeah, and so... Oh, no, that train of thought just derailed. <laughs> no survivors. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. There was something Andrew had said that... Clicked. Candles? Something about... Lighting, lighting candles. Mm, candle lighting. Overhead lighting. Recording, Recording in the, the same place. Oh, I was going to say, um, and I, I guess one thing that's interesting, and I kind of alluded to it, is we have struggled through some interesting recording situations. The hardest of which was, Todd, you spent, was it six yeah. weeks in Spain? <laughs> and it just made uh, lining up the time zones. And, and uh, sometimes your recording situations were a little interesting. You had to huddle under a yeah, blanket. Yeah, well, we had terrible <laughs> Wi-Fi. And... Um, 
Which is, it's amazing that we got through those six weeks with, you know, such decent recordings. We were worried that we'd have to post an episode where it was just me and our producer Andrew or me and a guest and Thomas uh, and I would participate. But, but you, Todd, you really wanted to be in every episode. You woke up at 2 a.m.? Um, well, it's an eight-hour difference. So if you were recording at... We would usually... Or you would... You would record, you'd wake up at like it 5, like 5 a.m. And we pushed it late to like 11 yeah. those weeks. So I'd wake up early in the morning and um, thankfully my my bed, the bed that I was sleeping in had line of sight with the router, which was actually across the street hanging outside of somebody's window. <laughs> and uh, so I'd open up the window and, uh, and I'd get in, and I didn't want to wake like my son was in the next room and and the walls are like paper thin in those little apartments I was in a really really old house like hundreds of years old and uh and so I would uh, pull a blanket over my head so I was like sitting cross-legged on my bed with a blanket over my head holding a microphone in my hand and recording I don't know how it worked but somehow we got them all are you guys ready for stats? All right, yeah. Our producer Andrew has accumulated a few stats for us to uh, to look back on the previous year. Which, uh, as Todd said, like this has just been a delight to do this. Uh, we've had to make some sacrifices for timing and other things, but I do look forward to doing these recordings every week or occasionally doing a double recording because one of us needs to take the next week yep. off. This is the fifty fourth episode, and. We've recorded 55 because, as we've said before, the first episode <laughs> was completely was re-recorded. I can't remember. I can't remember what the problem was, oh, but it was just, was un- just unlistenable. But yeah. I can't like the I can't remember what we it. did to fix it or anything. But it was absolutely unbearable, <laughs> and so we. So our second week was a double recording because we had to re-record. Uh, uh, not our, scripted. Our West Wing one, yeah. Not scripted necessarily, but you guys had to just troop out again. Um, but in the course of 54 weeks, uh, we've had seven special episodes, so bi-weeks, you could call them, where we had drafts or the Mount Rushmore fear or some listener feedbacks before this one. Uh, amongst our characters, we have talked about, are you ready for this? 33 men and 16 women. Yeah, we uh, early on we said we wanted to keep that about even. We will uh, have to adjust. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about two to one. Yeah. Which um, also worth noting is that many of the female inclusive episodes were couples, like The Quiet Man or... Uh, Princess Bride, we covered everyone. Princess Bride, I didn't count Princess oh, Bride, I counted that as, as a buyout. But the uh, Wuthering Heights... Wuthering Heights, we talked about both. Was, ...was a double up. So you could do with a few more individual females you guys have anything to say about i think what happened is kind of early on uh we were doing a really good job and then we had a run where i think we talked about princess katniss, Leia, katniss uh i love lucy i love lucy like so we had a run of a bunch of women in a row and we kind of said oh look how good we're doing and we patted ourselves on the back i think that was in like <laughs> june <laughs> uh and then i mean this is the issue with talking about you know, established characters, uh, there tends to be a lot of white males <laughs> that are the lead characters in American culture, uh, stories from American culture. And I think as we talk about more modern things, uh, things from the last decade or from this this century, we uh, it, it's a lot easier to avoid the trap of just talking about white males. But because we have such an expansive timeline that we're, we're talking about, nothing's off the board, uh, it's going to be easy to slip into kind of a routine of just talking about white males. I think that part of it has to do with that uh, we've had more requests, like listener requests and guests on and asking guests what they would like to talk about. 
and um, those are often men. We're doing our best. Which, yeah, there's nothing wrong with talking about men, but <laughs> we don't want to just talk about uh, the same group of people over yeah. and over. And I also and right. I also think that we have had some really great discussions about uh, women and female characters, even in uh, in episodes where maybe the the protagonist is a man. Yeah, one of my favorites uh, we just uh, posted last week would be in talking about It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, you mentioned that you really like the character of Mary, and I was, in my initial thought was, why? <laughs> uh, and then we had a really good discussion about Mary, and I got completely turned around, in my opinion, of Mary. Yeah, and so even though that episode is about George Bailey, and that's you know the character that we, we focus on, I, I think one of my favorite moments from it was discussing the character There's something Mary. about Mary. <laughs> um, okay, that's one we won't be covering at any, <laughs> any time. Um, and I've just realized I wish I had checked um, creators' nationalities and, and places of origin, places of mm-hmm. birth, and things like that because I did not pull up a stat on that. Yeah, I will say one of my favorite comments that we ever had about uh, just uh, uh, discussing explicitly gender was when we did House on Mango Street. Our producer Andrew said something about. Uh, are there any positive male characters in this? And Todd and I had both paused for a second, and then Todd, I think you said, well, you know, we talked about The Hobbit last week, <laughs> or last month, <laughs> in which there were literally no female characters at all. <laughs> Was, wasn't there someone who commented to one of you by, like, our third episode, it's like, kind of men heavy yeah <laughs> but then it was like kitty pride was our second episode and then house on mango street was like fifth yeah, and, yeah. we really are i mean it, we're we're doing our best yep and we could do to be more yeah i mean too. we're not gonna ex- go out and say we must go a 50 50 split but i think when we see those numbers that's two to two to one male mm-hmm. versus female may, maybe we can make a few different choices which it, it could be much worse considering you know the the tilt that media tends to have yeah all right, are you ready for the, uh, sensitively calling it the racial breakdown? <laughs> okay. Uh, and I did not tell you guys exactly what categories I decided to set up for this. Uh, so we have mostly, now some people count as multiple categories in this, but we're looking at, what is it, 10, 20, 30, 36 white characters, two Jewish characters, one no, of which is a Polish Jew, uh, one Hobbit. <laughs> who also counted as white. <laughs> uh, one alien, purple, singular species. Uh, titan. What is his? <laughs> he was a titan. Yes. Is that, that his, was his species? Uh, his species is titan. titan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one Latina, one black, 1.5 mouses. <laughs> Wait, mouses? <laughs> Do we call them well, mice? Because there's the oh, proper we... mouse, and then there's... Uh, well, I'm, I'm well, giving a half... half Mouse half Jewish, or well, oh, okay. a, a full Jewish half what? mouse to mouse. Well, he's talking about mouse guard, uh, <laughs> mouse guard and mouse. <laughs> Why doesn't mouse count as one full mouse? Yeah, he's he's a mouse. He's a Jewish mouse. Okay, so so two mice. I just felt yeah, weird. I, about I just gotta say, I'm having flashbacks to my dissertation in which I wrote about race and gender in the X Men, and one part of my analysis was tracking the different roles that people. Uh, had based on race and gender through the uh, 45 or 50 years of the X-Men comics that I was doing. You even did a breakdown of, like, covers, appearances on covers. Yeah, I did a breakdown of, like, okay, so in this era, like, there are this many appearances by females who are members of the team, females who are villains, females who are supporting role. Uh, But then when I was doing 
the racial breakdown, it's like, oh, okay, so we, 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 there's a lot, particularly in the 1960s, a lot of Caucasian, <laughs> a lot of white, uh, you know, heroes uh, being on the X-Men roster. But then it's like, okay, what do I do with the Beast. robotic <laughs> side characters? What do I do <laughs> with mm-hmm. the uh, aliens from, you know, the Shi'ar Empire? Yeah. Uh, what do I do with the demons from other dimensions who are coming in you, as uh, villains? Uh, for, for a long stretch, you have Beast and Nightcrawler, who are both blue and furry, but not the same origin of blue and furry. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there are some weird breakdowns when you start to try and, uh, you, you know, this, the stories just exist and the authors aren't concerned with what it is. And then we try and uh, retroactively dissect them. And sometimes it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I gave a 1.5 on Irish uh, <laughs> because because Sean Thornton is American Irish. Yeah. 1.5. Uh, <laughs> Princess Bride, I gave a diverse white cast. I had a, a really good paper turned in by a student that was talking about, they, they talked about the Princess Bride, but they talked about the uh, different kinds of whiteness and the hierarchy of whiteness. Well, because there, there's Spaniard, there's Albino, there's someone from Greenland, there's Sicilian. Yep. Um, and then, the, I don't really know what the main country is supposed to be. Yeah. They, make, they made that one up. They <laughs> yeah. used real places for the other stuff. Seven English people. Okay. Harry Potter. More nationality than yeah, yeah. The race there. Yeah. They, they, yeah, all counted as, all. they all counted as white as well. Uh, one white Kryptonian. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so another another alien. <laughs> yeah. Another white alien, Princess Leia. Uh-huh. Not yeah. Non-human, but yeah. one Frenchman. Who was our Frenchman? Um, I think I, I counted it for C. Auguste Dupont. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. Uh, did you count, uh, did you count uh, what's his name, Heathcliff as a gypsy? Oh, no. Oh, totally that's a, that's a, I counted him as white. Oh. Well, that's wrong. Well, this is getting into the layers of whiteness. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> yes, a, an English gypsy. Uh, one character of Japanese. Uh, that would be Spirited Away. Spirited mm-hmm. Away. One non-determinate white Asian-influenced Ang, the last airbender. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what... It, it's hard to peg it down with that one. Yeah. One bird... Wait, what? Oh, Big, big bird. bird. I was going to say, when did we talk about a bird? Oh, yeah, there it is. Two white toys. <laughs> Buzz Lightyear and Woody, if anyone's wondering, listeners. And two quasi-immortal deity types. Oh, uh, Coyote, Coyote and, and Jones. Uh, Jones. Yeah. yeah, so it's been an eclectic group of characters that we've, we've discussed in the last year, and... Uh, I imagine it will be similarly uh, diverse as we move forward in terms of, uh, I mean, okay, I say diverse when, oh, you know, oh, the vast majority of what we just said was white, but there's some unexpected <laughs> inclusions within that list as well. Yeah, and and I liked being able to break it up into multiple categories because, you know, people do represent multiple things. Yeah, multiplicities. One of my favorite things about doing this podcast is that it can be such a grab bag from one week to the next in terms of genre, in terms of character, uh, you know, it just, everything, it it, it could be, um, you know, crazy action film one week and then classic literature the next. Mm -hmm. But Todd, is there any, like, uh, contrast of characters that we spoke, you know, or a run of characters that we spoke about in consecutive weeks that kind of stands out to you as like, I never would have imagined that those would be (laughs) lined up next to each other? I feel like you're asking that question because there's something that you're thinking of. Well, I, I, have, I have one that stuts me. Early on, when we did Queso, we did um, we did The Hobbit, and then we did Mary Tyler Moore, and then we did Thanos <laughs> in Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. And then we went. We had a special episode, and then we did Tangled, 
And then we did, like, I, I think, I just think, like, you could go down the whole list. Yes. Yeah, because you went uh, to early on, and one of my favorites is is actually recently where we went from Lucy in While You Were Sleeping to Kenny in a Louis L'Amour Western to Big Bird in Christmas <laughs> Eve on Sesame Street. Uh-huh. And just imagining that grouping together is is just fun. And just to think about in this uh, run of episodes that we've done, we kind of had that strong of a contrast from one week to the next is interesting. I think in, in some way that's a diversity that is good. You know, it's, it's diverse topics. It's diverse types of genres. The genres for the stories they're set in. Yeah, kinds of characters. And and uh, someone I know who listens to it says, you know, I don't like the film Elf, but I'll listen to your discussion of it because I know I'll get something out of it. And but I know he does like, you know, other characters that we talk about. And he says, you know, that's a great character, like good choice. Yeah, and I mentioned earlier that I've been introduced to texts by doing this, um, either through things that our patrons requested or Todd said, let's do this Louis L'Amour Western, and I had never read Kilkenny. And I hope that happens to other listeners, too, that you get introduced to texts that maybe are completely outside of your usual wheelhouse of entertainment, of, of what you kind of self-select. And maybe our discussion makes you want to go watch it or read it. Maybe not, but, you know, maybe it's just kind of says, oh, that's, I never would have you know, thought to listen to a discussion about, you know, Thanos, the Mad Titan from a Marvel comic book miniseries in the 1990s. But that one was really satisfying. Yeah. But, but, but maybe it, uh, is interesting when you do consume it. Was there anything besides Gunner Creek Court that neither of you had ever consumed before tackling it for the podcast? I think that's the only one that both of us were new to. Is that correct, Don? Yeah. Yes. Um, ones that I had never, which um, also, is our most downloaded episode. Yes. We're, we're going to get to some of this, but that was by far our most popular episode, I think, in terms of downloads. And very interesting episode. Yeah. Uh, I am really glad that that was requested. That was uh, listener Alyssa. Yeah. Requested that. And great recommendation for a topic for us to discuss. And it got us more new listeners than anything else that we've done. Though, I guess, uh, just real quick, if we are talking about listeners, we do need to acknowledge the Kirsta bump. Uh, one of our <laughs> semi-regular guests has been Kirsta, and every time she listens, our numbers go up. Or every time she participates, our numbers go up. Uh, she seems to have a well-connected network that wants to <laughs> see what she's talking about. I'm um, looking through. Uh, the Hobbit was one that I'd never actually read. I was familiar with, but had never read it. Kilkenny, I've already mentioned. That was one I was completely unfamiliar with. Uh, Gunner Creek Court that you, uh, our producer Andrew, just, just talked about. I am trying to remember if I had read Weathering Heights or just knew it. It's one. I think you said you read it in high school. Yeah, if I did, it would have been in high school. I think those are the only ones that I um, that is completely had never like watched or seen before. And there are some that uh, you know I kind of have seen, but I've never done a deep dive into. And I think with every single one of these, even ones that I'm really familiar with, I have learn new things, uh, both looking for the trivia yeah. beforehand and just from the discussion with Todd, new insights come. So you're ready for my list of ones yeah. that I had never done? Uh-huh. Uh, Mary Richards and Chuckles Bites the Dust. Uh, Thanos and Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, Jordy LaForge and I Borg. Liam and Mouse Wait, Guard. Oh, well, you've never seen that episode? or you've never I had never Star seen Trek? that episode. I don't think okay, I've ever seen, seen that Star Trek episode. The Next Generation yes. before, right? Okay. Uh, never read Mouse Guard. Uh, never read The Graveyard Book. Uh, hadn't read All-Star Superman, had, let's see, hadn't read Mouse Guard, hadn't read, uh, Spider-Man. 
a lot of comic books coming up on your list, Todd. Yeah. I, I tend to be the one promoting uh, or choosing <laughs> which read, comic book we're going to be Hadn't uh, read Wuthering discussing. Heights, hadn't read Asterius Polyp, hadn't read The Air Affair, and then I think... Oh, hadn't read... Uh, no, it was... Gunner Creek Court. Oh, Marvels. Hadn't read oh. Gunner Creek Court, hadn't read Marvels. Um, yeah, mostly the comic books, it seems. <laughs> uh, let's see... Harry Potter. Uh, had had you, read. you hadn't seen Christmas Eve on Sesame Street, and but had not you knew seen Chris, Christmas Eve on Sesame Street. Hadn't read Gunner Creek Court. I think that's it. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's only that, fifteen things. So the pattern that clearly stands out is that I'm pushing more material onto Todd than he's pushing onto me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, particularly with the system that we have in place, uh, I, by nature of my entertainment choices in adolescence and then as well the research that I do, I'm much more uh, in depthly versed with comic books. So I think I tend to push that one onto you, Todd. Well, that. and I like it. I, I you will not see me complain about it. Um, there has been this thought in the back of my mind about, um, about doing more stuff that's kind of in my wheelhouse. And, and we've seen that we can be successful talking about things that are not super duper mainstream. Um, so we may see that actually early, this is like a, a, a little foreshadowing, but early next year we'll be talking about, um, something from Spain. So, like, we'll get we'll we'll be able to diversify more. I think probably next year we'll help and, you, uh, be uh, having listeners. you read some stuff that you haven't you haven't read or seen. I was to say, listeners, um, the suggestion of Gunner Creek Court was one that neither Todd or I were at were at all familiar with, and I think it was a really rewarding discussion, even though there was so much of that text that we were unfamiliar with that we really just dove into the deep end of these two chapters that were recommended to us. Uh-huh. But it was still a rewarding conversation and it's a, it's um, something that I'm really interested in now. And like we said, we got really good feedback uh, for that episode. So listeners, if you have things that you think we should discuss, it doesn't matter if we're not well-versed with it already, we're willing to, you know, tackle anything. Yeah. And, and I think that if you look at, if you look at what we have discussed and you see some lack of diversity or something, it's not because we're horrible people. <laughs> Just because we, you know, like this is our first year. We've been talking about stuff that we know well, um, but we're we're certainly not opposed to discussing things, and we're really happy when people suggest things to us that are maybe outside of our wheelhouse or a little bit off of our radar or things that we're not as familiar with, um, and we're happy to tackle those and like give it our best shot. And and you don't have to you don't have to donate five dollars to make a recommendation. If you donate $5, it'll be one of the very next episodes that we do, though. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you go to patreon.com slash protagonist and, and choose to donate $5, you you secure yourself the rights to a topic of, of your choice, really, our, our very next recording, just about. But but if you want to make a suggestion on the Facebook, please do. Yeah. You know, we'd love to hear things. I have a goal of seeing more things that both... Uh, Joseph and Todd are unfamiliar with entirely just because Gunner Craig was such a great discussion and so interesting to see them delve deeply into something with not really any background knowledge, just, you know, what they could glean from research. And I have a number of things that I know they've not consumed that are coming <laughs> and, our way. And I, I want it to be, you know, new and, and interesting for them. And I want to see, and it's interesting to see how things stand up in small doses 
Yeah. And so, listeners, if you do have any suggestions, you can email feedback at protagonistpodcast.com or you can go to facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast and make a comment under the link to this very episode. And we will definitely see that and uh, add it to our Excel sheet. I guess when we talk about the nuts and bolts of what we do, we do have a massive Excel spreadsheet of topics that we hope to get to as well as uh, all the dates for when we actually recorded things and when they're going to post because sometimes it involves some tricky planning uh, to get things laid out. And so we have kind of this well on there of things that we hope to talk about, but as far as what's laid out and set out for our future schedule, we're usually only a few weeks ahead if we're like, okay, we we're, let's do this one. Uh, so suggestions can definitely get, you know, a jump up to the, the top yeah. of the list, even mm-hmm. if it is joining a list of 200 other things that are characters that we hope to talk about at some point. I, I really look forward to the day when I convince them to read a manga, which is a Japanese comic book <laughs> and, and just get, you know, a few volumes, which is a couple hours worth of reading, and yeah. say, take hey, it. Hey, uh, your birthday is when, Andrew? My brother? October. October. <laughs> uh, in October. Uh, guaranteed. We'll, we'll, we'll do a manga in October. For your birthday. <laughs> which? October 11th. Everyone, I knew his birthday. I knew it. It's the 12th. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> One day off. One day off. Speak, speaking of dates, I have some stats about the dates of our uh, uh, when our the materials were produced. Yes, both. Uh, I've got the rough time of creation and then the setting as well. Yeah, so uh, we do try and cast a wide net, and like we said, not just get stuck in the rut of discussing the entertainment from our childhood <laughs> and <laughs> talking about great late nineteen eighties films. Uh, but so we do try and uh, go out. So let's let's hear how well we do with that. So the range for uh, creation goes from 1847 to about 2014. It's a fair spread. I think we're yeah. doing adequately. Uh, that which obviously means you haven't reached out to to the holy sacred bard. <laughs> yes, I was going to say uh, Todd gave a tease that uh, we'll be dealing with something from Spain directly. We're also going to be going back to the late 1500s <laughs> next <laughs> next year. You know, it, in not really a particular order, you've got 2001, 2004, 1942, 1937, 75, 98, 2010, 84, 94, 2006, the 50s, 2008, uh, oh, 2015, we get, we get, uh, so this year itself. What did we do from 2015? Gunner Creek Court? Uh, Oh, yeah. Or was it, uh, uh, Castle? Castle might have been. Oh, yeah. Uh, the 2000s, 82, 77, 08, 52, 80, 82, 85. There's a lot of 82 to 85. Not a lot of late <laughs> 80s. Um, I think you guys intentionally create a gap during kind of your heyday uh-huh. of the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Interesting. 59, 62, 2001, 1847, 2005, 09, 01, 93, 06, 94, 95, 1860s, 08, 2011, uh, 83, 2001. So here's a, here's a question for you. Real quick, real quick. I, I just want to say, um, we should cut out that audio of Andrew reading off numbers and put it out there as a preview <laughs> of the protagonist podcast of what you get when you listen <laughs> to this podcast. Four, eight, 15, 16, 23, 1842, 1960. <laughs> um, and, and there are some tricky ones like the Scarlet Pimpernel, the film was in, uh, 82, 82, but the book 
1905. Or the stories are, are, you know, the early 1900s. So I have a question for you. Um, what have we? What did we not talk about this year that you would have thought that we'd have talked about at this point? The Bible. No. <laughs> in terms of, are you, are you Does asking that question make sense? So if I were to say like Jan- January 1st of last year, okay, Joe, we're going to sit down and every week we're going to talk about a great character and a great story. And now, you've, now we've done that for one year. What, what character had you, would you have had anticipated that we'd have talked about up at this point, but we haven't yet. I'm a little surprised you didn't get Quoth from Name of the Wind early. Yeah, it's one of my favorite novels. It, that one's a little intimidating because I almost feel like it needs to be a four part. Like we spend a month. It's, <laughs> it, it's a very long novel. We may need to like break the novel into segments that we talk about. Um, I am a little surprised that we haven't done a Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I am a little surprised that we haven't done a hard film noir. We did Casablanca, but it's not quite. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially considering how much Todd has yeah, mentioned. We, we he talked it. about a lot of film noir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we haven't actually done an episode dedicated to a character in a film noir. I'm surprised we haven't done Sherlock Holmes yet. Yes. and uh, Okay. I think the problem with talking about Sherlock Holmes is where do you get a handle on it? It's similar so to the problem many... with uh, Superman or Batman. Yes. Like, we just finally had to choose what we're, we're dealing with this 12-issue miniseries or this six issues of a large story, but we're just talking mm-hmm. about these six issues of Batman. Um, yeah, Sherlock Holmes is so big uh, in our culture. Like, do we go do one of the original uh, short stories, one of the original novels? Do we go do one of the classic adaptations, one of the contemporary adaptations? Do we do elementary? There's so much. Do you do with elementary? Sherlock or Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I love the character. I have a book project that I'm working on on the character. So I am like preparing to do a really deep dive into Sherlock Holmes, but I mm-hmm. just don't know how to do a one hour podcast on Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It, uh, Kirsta suggested that we do like a comparison of different versions like, of like the a character. Special, like a special a, episode. We, should, we could do a draft of Sherlock Holmes's. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the way to do it. I don't know. It's 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 one of the tricky things that I'm not sure that we've like completely nailed down right. um, how to would, handle it. Like If you're going to start a list of iconic characters uh, that are great protagonists that are known around the world, Sherlock Holmes is near the top of that list. Yeah. He's, he's known everywhere, yeah. Yeah. He, like, he has had more penetration into culture than... Almost any other, uh, you know, fictional character that I can think of. I mean, on the, on the level of Batman and Superman, right? Really. Yes, yeah. Um, but it's just really hard to think of how do we address it. I think I think you do a draft and you pick two Sherlock Holmeses to commit and hide a crime, and two Sherlock Holmeses <laughs> to try and figure out what was done, and and your teams are pitted against each other. So jo- so Joseph's crime team is against Todd's solving team. Or listeners, if you have any other ideas on how to get a handle on this one, I'm not saying no to Andrew's proposal, but it's just, it's, I, yeah, I, he's such a big character. I don't know how to approach it, Ellis. Okay. Any others, Todd, besides Sherlock Holmes? Uh, well, Shakespeare. I thought that we'd have done Shakespeare by now. Yes. Uh, but we haven't. Looming soon. Um, I mean, you haven't mm-hmm. done anything as a play. Yeah. and we, it's, the, a, it's a medium you don't yeah. address. Yeah, and we we've discussed like briefly. Um, I mean, on our spreadsheet there is I think a video game. We haven't done any video games yet. 
Yeah. And uh, sometimes it's going to be hard for us to uh, <laughs> carve out the time <laughs> to, yeah. to really engage with the video game. Which I uh, would love <laughs> to be able to carve out the time to really I would love engage to have in the, the time. Video. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's not going to be at the end of the semester. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be over Christmas break. <laughs> All right. Would you like to hear the rundown of the settings, the time settings that you've dealt with? Oh, okay. Yeah. Go for it. All right. Forties, eighteen hundreds, the two thousands, eighties. 1870s, the 90s. In Gunner Krieg, it is super nonspecific and nearly infinite because it's back to the gestation of the world. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 90s, 90s, 80s, 2010s, 2008, 1860s, 90s, the 60s. Uh, a nonspecific ancient for Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep. Uh, 60s, 90s, uh, 2010s, 2010s, 1840s, 2000s, 60s, 50s. Ender's Game has a sliding uh, time scale. I was talking about this with, with Joseph beforehand. I think right now it's the 2040s, but when it was written, it might have been the 2010s. <laughs> yeah, he, he made an edit to change some things. Some vi- Did you mention a long time ago in a galaxy? Yeah, 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 yeah. it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, so we've got some, some vague medieval for Princess Bride, Mouse Guard, and Rapunzel, or uh, Tangled. Tangled. Uh, the 40s to the 60s, the 50s, the near future... Uh, I had something specific in mind when I wrote that down. I don't um, remember. Remember which one would be near future? Oh, is it, or or not too distant future for Hunger Games? Oh, okay. Um, a long time ago, uh, <laughs> the seventeen eighties, two thousands, twenty thirteen, two thousands, the twenties. What about the twenty fourth century? Uh, yeah, the twenty three hundreds. Okay, yeah. Uh, the eighties, the nineties, the seventies. Uh, What's from the twenty three hundreds? Star Trek, Star Trek Generation. Oh, okay. Come on, Todd. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, I know uh, I'm a total disappointment. And we weren't really sure where House on Mango Street falls. Is it 80s? That's kind of what I... I like, it feels like 80s. Mm. The, like, she doesn't key in any real cultural touchstones of... Cult, yeah, of, like of a timely or, nature. Or, like, yeah, societal issues. When was it published? 84... It was published in 84, so she'd be talking about the 70s. 60s or 70s? 60s, yeah. I mean, because it's kind of autobiographical, sort of. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> she could have time-shifted it a little bit. So mm-hmm. uh, a pretty broad range from a long time ago slash creation of the world to, <laughs> you know, 300 years in the future. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. Yeah. All right, Todd, some of my favorite moments are uh, when our conversations just land in a way neither of us anticipated. <laughs> I want you to think about if you have any specific ones. My favorite one, I think, is when we started to delve into the justice system of Tangled. Yes. <laughs> and started I forgot about to that. To question how how this all works. And uh, we decided there was someone with a big vendetta. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's why the court system seemed to have been uh, completely <laughs> skipped over. As <laughs> he's, 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 he's to be hanged. He's to be hanged instantly. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I never would have thought that we'd end up talking about that, but that was a, just a fun tangent. I think that some of the fun, the, some of the like most interesting moments for me are when um, I go into a work thinking this is this work is great, like or this character is awesome, and then 
as we discuss a character, it's like, huh, I don't know. I, that kind of happened to Katniss like a little bit. character as much. Yeah, it happened with Katniss. It's happened with a, a few others. And then and then the flip side of that, it happened with Ilsa in uh, Casablanca. Oh, yeah. When we... That was one of our first ones when we were like, oh. Wait a second. Oh, no. <laughs> Ilsa, what are you yeah, doing? Come on. Uh, but but the flip also happens where we, you, you know, you look at a character and it's like, what could you possibly say about yes. uh, Mary Richards and Chuckles Bites the Dust or or Lucy or uh, Mary or, in uh, It's a Wonderful or Life. Or Big Bird. And it turns out, <laughs> or Big Bird. And it turns out that these are all really interesting characters and they have... Um, there's tons of stuff to say about that. Well, them, I know the an episode awesome. where we were about to start recording, and you're like, I don't know if this one's going to go. <laughs> it was a serious follow-up where you said, I don't, yes. I don't know if we're going to have an hour's worth of stuff to say on this. And I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. And then I was starting to go with something, and you went off on... Uh, you went on a, <laughs> on a huge... It was it was 20 minutes yeah. of and discussion. I was, I, and I was like, you completely... Like, I liked this before, now I like it even more because of the insights yeah. you've just given to me. Yeah, that's that's like one of the most delightful things about this is um, when I go into something and I'm like, I have no idea where this conversation is going to go. And then it ends up going somewhere really interesting. I love it. All right. Well, we solicited some uh, listener feedback for this year-end episode. And we kind of asked for a larger overview if there's anything that stood out to our listeners. And uh, one thing that I think it, it's the first comment we got and I I think this was a turning point for our podcast. It's our listener. Tessa says Scarlet Pimpernel was my first episode and I loved it. And I think that episode got, uh, was the first one where we're like, Whoa, what's uh, our, our numbers are going up. That's <laughs> <laughs> what and, happens yeah. when Kirsten yeah, so was our, our recognition of the Kirsten bump. Uh, that was the first time Kirsten guested on our, on our podcast. Was that even the first time on like online that people were commenting and saying, I love yeah, we were getting Scarlet a lot more Pimpernel. feedback with that episode, and it was, I think it was both Kirsta and also um, that film, that 1982 82. 82 Scarlet Pimpernel adaptation, had a much uh, more, or, or much, it resonated more with audiences than I think either of us expected. It had a really devout following, and I was shocked. Yes. Um, like, if before we start doing this, if you were going to ask me, like, what episodes were we going to get the most feedback for and the most audience bump, I would have guessed things like when we talked about Star Wars, uh, when Superman, we talked about Harry Batman. Potter, um, and as far as our download numbers go, like, those are steady, but we get bumps for some unexpected ones, like yeah. Scarlet Pimpernel, and the big one was Gunner Creek Court, which uh, I can tell you, it, it wasn't, like, spreading through Facebook, it's, uh, we had included at Gunner Krieg in our, a tweet out about this. And uh, the creator of Gunner Krieg Court retweeted that. And we got definitely <laughs> a large number yeah. of new listeners that came in. I don't know if they've stuck around, but they came in because the creator of Gunner Krieg Court retweeted a link to our podcast. That was really, that was such a delightful surprise. And uh, yeah, that's another one that I would have th- said. Uh, it's an online comic that I wasn't very familiar. I was completely unfamiliar with before we had a discussion about it. I don't know what this is going to do for our numbers, but it was a great conversation, and I enjoyed <laughs> us talking about it. And then it was really good for our numbers. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Listener Tommy 
uh, he, I'm going to read part of his uh, comment. He, he offered several paragraphs, um, but he started by saying, your podcast has had a disproportionately large impact on my life over the last couple of months. I had a long drive across Tokyo once a week, and Japanese radio isn't very interesting. <laughs> and I want to find a podcast, but I don't just listen to anyone talk. Podcasts don't go through the normal review and refinement of TV radio and, sh- uh, and, and radio shows, so it can be tough to find one that I really identify with. And he says, this one has been really enjoyable. And Tommy uh, is a traveling professor, he says, and which means that he's had a lot of time. I mean, that's why he's in Japan. <laughs> and that this um, can serve as kind of a, still having a connection to a certain academic discussion that um, he doesn't always get when he's driving across Japan. <laughs> Uh, and one, one comment, again, I'm just summarizing this, but he said sometimes he finds himself like arguing with points we're making, which I think is great. Todd and I don't yeah. agree with each other. Uh, some of the feedback we get is offering different insights into stories, either angles that we never considered in our discussion or kind of saying, uh, wanting, a, a, us to fine tune something that we were saying. And definitely it has changed the way that I look at works to get that kind of feedback and that kind of debate. Yeah, it's, um, this is really really fun it's also kind of scary <laughs> to just uh you know turn on a microphone and then just talk for an hour and then send it out to the world and knowing that at times we're going to say dumb things or controversial things and like by and large i think this year has been really great i can't think of a, any negative like interaction with listeners um, and like I said, we've had listeners who have disagreed with us, but they always respond, like they, they present yeah. their points respectfully. And uh, even if I'm not convinced, I love to have that idea. And th- like I said, there's times where Todd, you and I see a character differently and we talk about it. And I think we still kind of maintain our position, uh-huh. uh, but we're able to see it in a new light. Yeah. It's awesome. That, that comment from, uh, from Tommy was really, really cool. I, I, I read it and I showed it to my wife and I said, this this is why we do this thing because it's just awesome to think that somebody in Tokyo is listening to this and enjoying it. And you know, yeah, that's, uh, at the end here, when we wrap up, I, I do want to see, I, I know Todd, you were able to find some, uh, get a little more information about where some of our downloads are coming from. So, mm-hmm. um, let's see another couple comments, uh, listener, uh, Missy and listener Mandy both mentioned that the hero's journey episode that we did was significant to them in, uh, both how they look at stories, but also some of specifically your commentary, Todd, about one reason why the hero's journey resonates so much with audiences is probably because it is a cycle that we go through in our lives over and over again. And, um, if we look at the thresholds that we're passing and we anticipate that there's going to be those dark times, but there's also going to be us, you know, mastering skills that we didn't have before we cross those thresholds. Uh, we can see why this is a story that we have told through the centuries as humans and why it's one that connects, uh, almost, uh, on a, uh, like a natural level for us in the stories mm-hmm. that we tell and that we consume. Um, and that, I- that's an episode that we didn't mention, but I think it was one that has, uh, come up again and again <laughs> in our discussions as we mm-hmm. like look back and we say, Oh, Lucy from while you were sleeping is having the hero's journey. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it aligns with that. And that was actually a, a Patreon request as well. That, and, uh, that we just tackled the hero's journey for a little bit. Yeah, and we did that. Um, we did that before we we had enough Patreon money to get uh, to get Libsyn support. So we didn't have really great numbers. 
Um, so I don't know what the what the download count on the Hero's Journey episode is, but I would, if I were a betting man, I would bet that it's our most downloaded episode. So another behind the scenes moment. Uh, there's a couple different ways that we upload or have uploaded um, our podcast to iTunes, and before we were starting to get some, uh, as you said, some patrons who are offering us some financial support. Uh, the way that we did it did not. The way that we did it did not give us good numbers and did not give us a whole lot of information about what was happening as far as downloads and. After we got some patrons, we were able to sign up for a service that's called Libsyn that gives us some pretty specific numbers about how many downloads we get each week. And so we see those bumps for things like Undercrate Court, whereas um, most of our early catalog, I'd say, what, half half of the year, Todd? Yeah, we have about 20 episodes on uh, Libsyn, so yeah. we, have good, we have good numbers on about the last 20 episodes. And, and so the first half, we have no idea how many times they've been downloaded uh, or even if like someone discovers us from Grand Court and they go back and listen to the first episode, we don't know when you know when it's getting downloaded. Whereas those last twenty, we can see exactly when a download happened and how many times it happened. And uh, if, if that's a, a clear warning, that you can buy theoretical discussions. So if <laughs> yes. if you want if you want a full hour on attachment theory or Ubuntu, <laughs> yeah, uh, you you can get that. I'd love to talk for an hour about attachment theory. That would be I, really I think fun. collectively you may have already. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of the most often repeated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, another episode that got mentioned a few times from listeners, uh, listener Anne and listener Amy both mentioned the Tangled episode, mm-hmm. uh, which which we've touched on as having some of our favorite tangents. Uh, and I felt like that was a, kind of a turning point for us when oh, we did that agree. Tangled episode. Yeah. I felt like... We we hit a stride. At the time, that was the longest episode by, I think, 18 minutes. <laughs> it was, yeah. We probably cleared that since then. <laughs> no, I think after that was when we said, you know what, we need to keep this about an hour. Yeah, I, I think... And we, we've been between, like, 55 and an hour five, I think. Is our yeah, yeah. Um, but Tangled may very well be the longest episode we, we ever released. Yeah. We've definitely yeah. recorded longer. <laughs> Our producer Andrew's had yep. trim. <laughs> Some uh, discussion of, uh, what was it, regeneration through violence? Oh, yeah. That's what got cut oh from Rudy. Oh, yeah. That was that was quite the tension. Oh, you can buy an hour. The listeners, if you want to talk about American popular culture and regeneration through violence. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Tangled episode was really, really fun. Um, listener Jared and... Uh, Let's see. I think uh, listener Missy both mentioned uh, the, some of the special episodes, like the drafts. Yeah, and that was the, when we did our first draft. That was super fun too. The Valentine's those, those Day have draft. all been a lot of fun. So our special episodes that we've done, we've done a few drafts. We did a romance draft, a uh, superhero. superhero draft, and we then the Mount, Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore fear, Mount Rushmore fear, and then the Christmas episode. Which, uh, as far as recording, that was the most fun I've had recording an episode. <laughs> and we did the strange TV shows. Oh yes! Oh, the, oh yeah! The oh, the <laughs> creep me out episode. <laughs> yes, the the strange TV episodes or or, or just concepts. Uh, Cowboys and Mumesa, still one of my favorites. Which <laughs> which uh, I I didn't bring this up when you were recording Kilkenny. You said the phrase "Code of the West," <laughs> which and is what the cow I, and Cowboys all and I could think of was the Code of the West boys. <laughs> I, I actually heard uh, Cowboys and Mumesa mentioned on another podcast. After really? we recorded ours, so I wondered. Did they steal it from us? If, if we had poured it into the podcasting well, <laughs> someone else had drawn it up. Nice. Um, so listener John had a specific question uh, for um, 
the Louis L'Amour novel, and he uh-huh. said, why Kilkenny? Uh, saying, I, just personally for him, he never really cared about the Kilkenny series, but he likes the Sackett series a lot. And I am completely unfamiliar with the Sackett series. Todd, do you have a reason why we did Kilkenny over the Sacketts at all? I love the Sackett series, um, and I, I thought if we were going to do the Sacketts, hmm, I felt like... See, this is this goes back in some ways to like our discussion about um, bones or castle. Where it, do you want to pick like the very best novel or the most representative novel? And I felt like Kilkenny was was really representative of a Lamore novel, like a classic Lamore western. There are other novels like uh, Lando. Um, I, I really, really like, but it's not, it's not a, like a classic Western. He's a boxer. Um, or even, I think last of the breed is probably my most favorite Louis L'Amour novel. And it's about a, a, an air force pilot who's shot down, uh, over Siberia. Um, and so not a good place to be shot down. <laughs> no, with the, this like s- native Siberian guy chasing him, and he's a Navajo, and it's it's so good. It's really really good. Um, so if and I think that my favorite Sackett novels are well, like Lando. Um, I really like Ride the River, uh, and I like the early ones, and but they aren't but they aren't like classic westerns. And I felt like if we're gonna do Lamore, if we get one shot at Lamore, then we should probably do a classic western. And I chose Kilkenny because I really like him as a character. But there, we could have gone in a lot of other directions, and we might dip back from that yeah. well later. And, and this is something uh, like we—the very first episode we did, which I haven't gone back to listen to in a long time, and I'm sure it sounds pretty rough <laughs> compared to where we're at now—was on the West Wing, which uh-huh. there are so many great characters in the West Wing. We could easily go back and have another discussion on a character in the West Wing, but I don't think we'll ever go back into any particular franchise or character or series or anything. For at least a year since the yeah. last time, just because there's so much to cover, um, and we've had very little overlap as far as actors or writers. I did realize uh, when we did Elf, we mentioned John Favreau mm-hmm. um, was one, and we forgot that was also Ed, Ed, Ed as. Uh, I've, uh, hold on, I just was unable to say his name uh, or unable to say his name. In Elf, there's also Ed Asner, who was in the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So that was Elf had and, multiple uh, crossovers, oh, wow. and you had from. Uh, <laughs> From while you were sleeping to, uh, oh yeah, we had that actor, that's from, uh, Frank Barone. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah. Okay, so we've so, had a couple crossovers, but, but not a lot, really and never few. a primary. Yeah. Um. So we may go back to the West Wing at some point. We may go back to Louis Lamore at some point, but um, it's there'll, there'll be a stretch in between just because we have opened ourselves up to the whole of popular culture <laughs> on an on an infinite time scale. We will get back. We'll get back to those things, but I I. Uh, yeah, I thought long and hard about Louis L'Amour. I I almost pulled the trigger on Last of the Breed. I was um, voting for that one when you gave us the descriptions. I thought that sounded really amazing. Good. It's a really, really cool novel. And um, I know uh, Listener John has also asked if we're going to cover Dune, and I think that's one you're reading, Todd. Oh, I just finished it with my students. It's um, unbelievable. And I, I a good read novel. that when I was a teenager, and I, I think we'll probably get to it this year. Yeah. Yeah, Dune's um, amazing. It's like it's astounding how good it is. It's really good. All right, uh, listener Jared uh, mentioned specifically that he enjoyed Todd's long ramblings on Rudy, and I dare say we could have inserted a couple other <laughs> um, episode Todd's long ramblings uh, on a serious polyp. On a serious Are polyp? you saying yeah. that I ramble occasionally? <laughs> but uh, it's not that you're rambling; it's that I 
I'm listening so much I'm not participating in the conversation. Yeah, it's, you're like so lost. <laughs> no, I enjoy your tangents. You wouldn't stuff. even know how to begin. It's because because Joseph doesn't have anything to add yeah, about I'm, the theory of loneliness yeah. as it relates to <laughs> Iborg. Okay. But if you want to get a hardcore into X-Men chronology, I'm there. Okay. <laughs> Got it. And listener Liz mentioned specifically that Harry Potter and Scarlet Pimpernel, getting another shout out, uh, have been her favorite episodes. So that's uh, some brief versions of the the feedback we got. If you have any other feedback, you can certainly go join that Facebook conversation. So Todd, as we are wrapping up our year-end wrap-up episode, any final points that we need to make? I want to give a special, special thanks to all of our guests. We um, Those have been some of my favorite episodes uh, when we've been able to dig into something with uh, with uh, friends. All right. So, uh, just a uh, reminder to any listeners, we had Angela on discussing castle. We had Kirsta discussing, uh, Scarlet, Scarlet Pimpernel. We and David Peterson discussing mouse guard. And that was the creator of mouse guard. That was a special that was, one. That was a really <laughs> great thing. And, uh, specifically, uh, I guess going back to listener feedback, uh, listener Mandy mentions that mouse guard was something that they had never, uh, she was completely unfamiliar with and that her whole family has now read it because of that episode. Yeah. Um, Joseph Hegstrom Pratt was on to discuss uh, Toy Story. Uh, Kirsten was on. Uh, we mentioned Scarlet Pimpernel, but also to discuss Air Affair. We've had Todd Peterson on a couple times. Let's see, he did Court of Owls. He did the Mount Rushmore Fear. Mm-hmm. And he did the Marvel Cinematic Universe oh, draft. Yes, one of the earlier drafts. Uh, Tiana was a guest to discuss Harry Potter. And Alex Robinson, for Alex Robinson Star Wars. from Star Wars Minute was on to discuss Princess Leia in Star Wars, which uh, they are currently going through the Phantom Menace <laughs> one minute at a time. And uh, their their goal, as they've said, is we're trying to find the positive in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> it's a fan. I love the they called it uh, the Phantom Menaceance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been a, it's been a really fantastic year and I want to say thank you to both of you. Um, this was, this has been just a total delight and I'm really looking forward to the next year. I forgot one special guest. My brother, John was on to discuss spirited away. Oh, John, (laughs) not, not deliberate John that we left you off, but, but we got you in there. Um, so thank you specifically to our patrons who helped to support us on this little endeavor and to all of our listeners, uh, the, you know, as Todd said, we record it for an hour and we, well, an hour, hour and a half (laughs) and turns it down and we throw it out there, uh, and hopefully you enjoy it and find it worthwhile. So thank you all. And thank you to anyone who's reviewed or rated us on, on iTunes. Mentioning uh, of iTunes and Facebook, we do get a little data, which is a little bit interesting about uh, both download numbers, but also where some of these downloads are coming from and where some of our Facebook friends are. Our producer, Andrew, had pulled up some of that information. Yeah, predominantly, uh, it just shows us that it's mostly in the U.S. and some Spain and Mexico. Which uh, those those are following up the U.S. Those Todd, most... Todd and I have both. Uh, well, Todd's lived in Spain. I've lived in Mexico. So some of our friends may have been downloading us. Uh, those but regions. We, we also have the U.K., Japan, Canada. Oh, so uh, international reach. Todd, uh, with uh, looking at the numbers, what are some of our most popular episodes? As our final bit here. So I was uh, so as far uh, so I only have download numbers on our, our most recent twenty episodes. Like I said, if I were a betting man, I think that our hero's journey episode is probably the most downloaded episode. 
uh, but I can't prove that. So in number, in order, so most downloaded, uh, these are our top 10 of the last 20. Gunner Creek Court, Toy Story, While You Were Sleeping, Rudy, Harry Potter, Blink, Air Affair, Ghostbusters, Everybody Loves Raymond, and Christmas Special. And those numbers change, of course, over time. Uh, there's mm-hmm. usually a, a you know a couple week lag of getting what the base number is going to be for the episode. But as people discover the podcast or just scroll through and find ones that sound interesting, those numbers shift. And yeah, it's interesting change. how some 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 episodes like we get them out, we get a you know we get a certain number of downloads, and then they have kind of a short tail, and then other ones have kind of a long tail. Uh, people discovering maybe our podcast or just searching for podcasts that talk about a specific character, mm-hmm. and they find that one. It pops out uh, on on Facebook. Our most or I don't even know what reach means. Strictly <laughs> speaking, I think it means people get to see it on their newsfeed because because yeah. uh, our listeners are sharing it or or, or clicking on it or or participating with it. But uh, Buddy the Elf is one of our most popular. Uh, up there is also our Mount Rushmore fear and Blink. And I think it's interesting. So, and then iTunes has some like crazy algorithm that they use. That to, no podcaster understands. If you ever hear no a podcaster talk it. about well, how and this, it puts something on top, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they they will say what are your most popular episodes? And right now, our most popular episodes are Christmas Special, Elf, Gunner Creek Court, While You Were Sleeping, Sesame Street, Kilkenny, Everybody Loves Raymond. Withering Heights somehow sneaks in there. Because <laughs> most of those other ones were fairly recent, like the last right. two Right, so it's understandable that they would be the most popular because they're the ones that people are listening to right now. But Withering Heights is, is in there at number uh, eight, The Halloween Draft and Rudy. Okay. Rudy has always kind of been sitting in our radar, but always at the bottom of it. Yeah. Uh, and I have to say, uh, with our special episodes, most fun was definitely recording the Christmas special, and it seems I've gotten some good feedback. Mm. And I dare say there are enough random Christmas specials that have been produced that we might be able to do this again next <laughs> year. <laughs> or we could do it for some other holiday if, if you know. Just give you the name of Halloween. Well, he, or Andrew, our producer Andrew will just, yeah, give us the names of some romantic comedies and we decide the plots of for, uh, the romantic oh. comedies. And that would be fun Valentine's for uh, Valentine's Day. I like Day. that one for Valentine's Day. Nah. Well, we'll see. There's so many options. So yes. many options. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you, listeners. Please support us through Patreon or sharing our links or giving us reviews on iTunes. And next week, we'll be back again to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. So long. That's going to be a tougher one to... Uh, yeah. Edit. If you, I, it's uh, not going to be too bad.